It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Hi there, friends. Welcome back to Beyond the Building here in April as we're going through the Reed's journey in the Easter story. Now, guys, I have to apologize right from the get-go. I haven't been feeling too great over the past weekend. Feeling a lot better now, but I have not gotten my voice back yet. So if you're wondering who in the world is starting this podcast, it would be me. And here we go. Uh, we're just going to do this. One of the things that Debbie and I love to be is real, right? We're not trying to sound uh, the way it, people would expect us to sound or do the things that people expect us to do. We're just here to speak the word of God. And if he can use a broken voice to speak his word, then I will stand in this position today and speak his word even with half of a voice. So if you were with us last week, we were so grateful. Uh, we had Deb's dad, Kirk Khan, with us. We just love uh, Mr. Khan, Dad Khan, and the, the wisdom that he brings. And we love the gift that God gave him in this Reed's journey and if you've been with us before, READ stands for READ, Examine, Application, Dialogue, and Seeing in the Spirit. And we go into real depth with this on episode episode 92 of our podcast series. So if you're wondering more about this as we go through this journey together, uh, check, that, check that out. We're going to be in Mark 14, 1 to 9 today. And I would encourage you, get your Bibles, open them up. And as we go through this, why don't you do this exercise you know, and check it out too, and see what God would speak to your heart as well, because God speaks a living word to each one of us when we open up the word and enter into it with him and ask his spirit to illuminate to our hearts what we need in that moment. So true. So let's, let's jump in. I'm actually going to read all of the verses. Uh, it's not a really long passage, but we're looking at the the time where Jesus was anointed at in Bethany. This is not far before his um, arrest in the Passion Week, beautiful passage, starting at verse one. Now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or the people may riot. While he was in Bethany, reclining at a table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar a very expensive perfume. It was made of pure nard. She broke the jar, poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can always help them in any way you want to, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will be also told in memory of her. So we start off with exam. And Laura, do you want to highlight what were the what was the area that when you invited the Holy Spirit and said, what do you want me to focus on? Where did he take you? And, and what were you learning and examine? Absolutely. I just love, I love this portion of reads. Honestly, I love every part of it. But one of the things I like to do uh, in the examine is look back at what the passage was prior. And I know you do this too, Deb. And so we're in uh, chapter 14, book of Mark. If we look at chapter 13, 
What I love about the end of chapter 13 that rolls right into this story is Jesus is telling his disciples about what is going to happen, what are going to be signs at for the end of the time, right? They're asking, when's all this going to happen? When are you coming back? What, what's it going to look like? And Jesus is telling them signs and what is going to happen at the end. And we're going to see as we go on here, one of the things that he talks about in chapter 13 is the fact that at the end, there's going to be a lot of opposition to his teaching, right? To the teaching of the way of Jesus. And so here we find ourselves now in chapter 14, and he is with a group of people. It is Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread is just two days away. This is really a significant time. It is really close to the time that Jesus is going to go to the cross as the sacrifice for our sins. And we find a couple of things going down in this story. Like, watch this. It's two days away from Passover. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law, they were scheming to arrest Jesus. Already opposition, right? There's opposition already. So you've got the leaders in the synagogue or the leaders in the temple, let's say, and they are scheming to arrest Jesus. But as we go on a little bit longer, we see that they may have been scheming, but Jesus was reclining at a table. And I just love that, right? It just goes completely against the way of the world. The world schemes to try to keep, right, the message of the kingdom down. And there's Jesus just at the table reclining, right, talking about the kingdom of God. And they're sitting at this time as he's reclining, he is sitting at the home of Simon the leper. Now, guys, Simon the leper is a man. If he was still a leper, there would be nobody at his table, right? Simon the leper is a man who has been healed of leprosy. He is a walking, talking miracle that has invited the Jesus who healed him to come to the table. And so I just want you to picture this as Jesus has just talked about the fact that the end is coming and there's going to be great opposition. It goes into chapter 14 with, wow, here he is reclining at a table, the table of a walking miracle, right? He gave this man his life back. And there are people who are scheming against him while he reclines at the table. And in this place of great opposition, while he is reclining at the table of a miracle, we find a woman who walks in. And she does something that is completely countercultural. What she does makes no earthly sense. And she pours out this incredibly expensive uh, jar of, of perfume on Jesus. It made no sense. And around the table, everybody starts asking questions like, this act of worship, what this woman is doing for Jesus in this time, in this place, man, this is indignant. This is a waste. Man, they rebuke her. They come against her. Here she is, this woman who is going to worship Jesus in the greatest, strongest way that she ever possibly can, in a way that makes no sense to everyone around her. And while everybody else rebukes her and calls her crazy and says, why in the world is she doing this? I want you to recognize what Jesus does. Jesus stops and he calls it beautiful, right? And he says, not only is it beautiful, it's actually a preparation for me in my story from my death. And as I'm looking at this story, I'm seeing this woman who has poured out extravagant worship on Jesus in a time of great opposition toward the kingdom. And she is misunderstood and she is questioned. And I felt like as I was really diving into this and examining this passage, Deb, I felt like it was Jesus was speaking about that time there was going to be opposition, 
but in the middle of the opposition. He continued to give life to people around him. And a woman stood up and extravagantly worshiped. Mm. And he called it beautiful. Mm -hmm. Right. And so as I'm examining it, I'm like, all right, she was preparing him for his death. But Deb, if we go back to chapter 13, we are preparing for the second coming, right? Exactly what she was talking about in chapter 13. And as we are preparing for the second coming, we are seeing opposition to the kingdom. And yet we are seeing a Jesus who continues to make broken people whole. And Mm -hmm. our job, right? Our place in life right now is to be radical in our worship to do things that go so outside of the box that probably it's going to be unheard of and it's going to be countercultural and it's going to make no earthly sense, right? I went to Asbury just a couple of weeks ago. This stuff does not make sense, but it is exactly what Jesus calls beautiful as he continues to make people whole as we wait. It's a preparation for his second coming in the same way that this woman's worship was a preparation for his burial, which was to take place in a short time. And we all know, right? The days are getting shorter as we prepare for the coming of our Lord. Mm. That's a sermon right there. I'm telling you. Yeah, the sermon. You'll have to wait till you have more of a voice, but it's a <laughs> it's sermon. That's good. Uh, so in the exam, and it's interesting. I, I focused on the box, the alabaster box, mm-hmm. and I did a little bit more homework on what, it, what, what was that? You know, what was that box like? They said it was made of um, a stone and it was the kind of thing that, and really to get the content out you it wasn't like you had a lid that you just kind of poured it out you when it was like the old piggy bank that didn't have the Mm -hmm. open at the bottom smashing the piggy bank to get the money out wow had to smash open or like break open the top of this uh stone container in order to get the contents out so Mm. until this point you're protecting it right whatever was inside you're protecting it and then there was a point where she, it, she literally broke this alabaster box. It wasn't like she just decided I'm going to pour some out. It was, a, it was an all in commitment. Now this lard, this, uh, not lard, <laughs> pure, pure, nard, <laughs> yeah. pure nard. It was, um, I looked that up because I, I remember studying this before. I thought it was interesting like what exactly was this perfume made of now spike nard is a plant that comes from india from the himalayas and it's a so it's a piece of this plant they make this strong strong smelling they called it like a delicious odor so i don't know what it's i don't know what that smells like but it's described as a delicious odor of a uh, like an oil that comes out of it and it's from the spikenard plant. You can either use it purely or you can mix it, but they use it in preparation of the most precious ointments. Mm-hmm. So this was a big deal. And when there, there was all this fuss right among the disciples criticizing her for how she wasted a, a lot of money. It was actually worth more than a year's wages. It's about 300 denarii. So in that one wow. moment, more than a whole year salary wow. poured out on Jesus. And so it was a lot of criticism. Talk about going against the grain. That was a lot of, that was a, that was a big decision. A lot of people don't always understand the cost that's involved in worship. So she, in a sense of worship, pours this over Jesus's head. I, I 
like that word poor because it didn't like she didn't dab it behind his mm-hmm. ears or on his feet or she just broke the whole thing and dumped it on his head. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how strong was that smell? Yeah. If you have this precious ointment that you really only need to use a little bit at a time, you use an entire year's worth of this nard. He's covered in it. She's covered in it. And the entire room is now smelling like an overwhelming odor of this, of this really delicious smelling fragrance. What a contrast, right? Between the uh, beautiful smell and the nasty words. Yeah. What a contrast. Yes, yes, yes. So I was really focusing on this box that needed to be all in, right? It, it fully paid the price by being cracked open. There's no turning back. The very thing that she probably had protected was crushed in order to be able to pour out, to give something to Jesus. Now, if you listen to last week's podcast, we talked about, for me, God had me focusing on the crushing of the olives and in order to make olive oil. So it was like this crushing Mm -hmm. theme, hard times in life that are crushing. I'm going, oh God, now you're focusing on the breaking of an alabaster box. I got got a middle I was going, right. Two of like not feeling good about this. (laughs) Who likes crushing? So I, I looked at this scene and what I was focusing on my examine was that worship was displayed through a total act of surrender, right? And honoring God. I really thought it was interesting, like you said, that this particular act of worship was in preparation for a burial. I think that was significant. And then the act of worship and the preparing him for burial impacted the lives of everybody in the room, not just her. This was not just her thing. It wasn't just about her and Jesus. It was about everybody in the room, even the ones who were criticizing her at the moment. They could not avoid this aroma in this act of worship. And it wasn't a strong, yucky smell. It was a strong, delicious odor. Yeah. So that's where that's where I focused on my exam. And, and uh, so why don't you go ahead and share application, which would be the next part where we ask the Holy Spirit, what one thing do you want me to remember? Okay. The application for me is I need to remember that however God tells me to worship or sacrifice in these last days, while it may be, while it may seem to be understood to those around me, it's beautiful to him. Hmm. My application is I need to remember that my commitment to worshiping God will require me to let go of everything that I have held on to as precious. And as I let go and I surrender, he will release his fragrance over my life and onto all of those around me. Amen. Amen. That's right. All right. From my dialogue, man, I hope uh, my voice is getting a little weaker here, Deb, but we're just going to keep rolling. I want you to know that I see you. This is what I feel the Lord was speaking to my heart. And I know your heart and your hunger for more of me. And I watch you long for new ways to worship in these critical days in which you are living. I will present you with many ways that seem out of the box, but are acts of worship that I consider beautiful. It's these seemingly simple yet costly sacrifices I am calling you to make that will be defining moments. This was for my burial and for her obedience. Yours is for my return and for your obedience. 
generations will know that you gave it all to follow Jesus. It will impact generations and your generations to come. And man, Deb, you know, if that's, if that's not a word I want to hear from the Lord, right? Right. We right, want right. our generations to be impacted because of the things that God is doing through us. Sure. That's any parent's prayer. Yep. Yep. My dialogue says, Debbie, I want to, I want Debbie to say that I am Lord to say that you are my disciple really means that you surrender your right to protect those that you love, to protect what um, has value to me. Do you really trust me? Do you trust me when I ask you to hand over to me those relationships that you love so dearly? Do you trust me when I ask you to hand over to me what you have made plans for, the dreams that you're hoping for? Do you trust me enough to love me enough to do this, to hand it over? Debbie, I want you to remember my perspective for your life spans fully into eternity. I see how that aroma of surrender will reach into lives of those who spend eternity with me because you have released what was in your hand. Amen. Amen. That's what struck me as, you know, there's that last verse, verse nine, truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. She had no concept that that act of anointing Jesus would put her in the books, right? Like, and here we are, 2023, still talking about her. Yeah, yeah. She didn't know that. She just did it purely out of her love for him. But that aroma, as we surrender, as we release, he sees how this fits in the story for not just us, but those around us who are smelling that aroma. What did you get for C? Amen. I just saw this. Honestly, God gave me a picture of David dancing when the ark came back into Jerusalem. And David, it was almost like a a, a three uh, quick clip type of a sea. It was, I saw David dancing at the ark. I saw this woman kneeling down with her perfume. And then I saw me standing with my hands raised up in the air. So it was just like this, you are a continuum of worship that continues around. And David was extravagant and he was criticized. This woman was extravagant and she was criticized. I want to be that, right? I want to be the extravagant woman. And if I get criticized, then that is, that is all part of the, the process. Yeah, that's right. It is. My C was, I see a hand open with a box sitting on the palm. Fingers are extended. Right. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's all I saw. Wow. Really- now this, uh, this is, this is cool stuff. It is cool stuff. As you sit back and you reread what you wrote, it's just, it settles down deep inside because you know it's the spirit that's speaking these individual messages to you and I. But now walking it out is a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is really interesting. That's right. Well, so, so far we have uh, taken a look at this encounter with Jesus in, in Bethany. Um, this is the Passion Week that we're working on. And then we're going to get to um, just some other passages that we're going to be focusing on will be the Last Supper. And then we're going to jump into Gethsemane. And then we're going to jump into the Road to Emmaus. Now, there's certainly a whole lot more you can take a look at. uh, But these are the four portions of scripture that we focused on. And I am smiling because I think I made reference about the Gethsemane and the Olive Press. And because we're filming all of these in one day, Laura. 
Yes. And uh, that's still heavy. That's a, the Gethsemane one for me is a very heavy one. Yeah. yeah. So, actually, they're probably like, Debbie, we didn't, we didn't hear you talk about Gethsemane yet. So that's kind of, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do it in the right um, order because actually the third and fourth week uh, we'll have my dad with us. Yeah. And so we just filmed with my dad. It's, it all flows together, doesn't it? There's yes, a common theme for you and I yes. this month. Yes, for sure. Fascinating. So yes. thanks everybody for joining us on this particular uh, reads uh, study, looking at what happened with Jesus's anointed in Bethany. Um, take a look at Mark 14, 12 to 26. That's where we're going next week. And wouldn't it be kind of neat if you did a reads yourself. And then as you listen to us share next week, uh, you know, we'd love to hear from you. What is God speaking to you in your own listening to these familiar passages? So come on back. We're looking forward to uh, diving in again. Hopefully Laura's voice will be continuing to improve, but we're going to be honest about something here. We're filming all of these in one day and, and next week's um, recording of Matthew 14, 12 to 26 will be Laura's last recording that she's filming today. And we'll see. We'll it's see. A big Laura, day. Big day for a little voice. Anything, anything left, but uh, you certainly, you got to held you together this far. He'll yep. take one more podcast of filming. That's right. That's right. So we love you guys. Thanks so much for just being right. real with us and, and being on this journey with us. We love you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that He has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.